In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. As Christians, we are a people of promise. We are a people of promises. We make promises to each other. We make promises to God. And God makes promises to us. And we live by those promises. Before the crucifixion, Jesus promised the apostles that in three days he would return. And he did. Tonight we celebrate the Feast of the Ascension. And Jesus told the apostles to await in Jerusalem the promise of the Father, which he had told them. And then he departed from them. That's why the Paschal candle was just put out. It was lit as long as Jesus was physically with the apostles and his, and his followers after the resurrection. And now he has departed. And we are now in that time where the apostles were awaiting the promise of the Father. What is the promise of the Father? It appears in both, that phrase appears in both the epistle and the gospel for tonight. The promise of the Father. And sure enough, ten days later, it would come to them, the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit would come at the Feast of Pentecost and endue the apostles with great power, as Jesus had promised. On the Feast of Pentecost, Peter speaks for the first time and endued with the Holy Spirit. We've been hearing in various Gospels up to this point, Peter and the apostles speaking after the Ascension and speaking with great authority even though the, those in charge knew that these were not learned men. But they had been endued with great power by the Holy Spirit. Like many other things in the church, the promise of the Father is not a one-time event. The promise of the Father was not something once given and once fulfilled. The promise of the Father was first given to Abraham. And he was told that by his seed, the entire world would be blessed. St. Paul tells us in Galatians that seed was Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ was the promise of the Father. Then when Jesus comes and says, wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, the promise of the Father is the coming of the Holy Spirit. But that's not the end of it. Because then the two men who witnessed to the ascension, why are there two? St. John Chrysostom tells us because Jewish law, two men, two witnesses, attest to the truth of anything. It takes two. But they say just as he came, or just as he just now ascended into heaven, Christ will come again. So that too is a promise from God to us. All those of us who have been chrismated have received the promise of the Father through chrismation. Because what do we say 
when we're chrismated, what do we receive? The seal of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's important. Because just as the apostles were endued with great power by the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, we too are endued with great power by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's difficult to see that, isn't it? Sometimes it's difficult to see the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, at work in the world with all the darkness and the death and the disease and destruction all around us. But there is hope. If we look at the original promise of the Father as given to Abraham, and if we look at the power of God working through the nation of Israel, through his chosen people, there were times when the promise was very effective, and they were great and powerful. And there were times when the promise seemed to have vanished. Did, did God turn his back on his people? No. If we look at the times in the history of, of Israel in the Old Testament, when they were enslaved, when they were exiled, what had happened? Was it that God had turned his back on them? No. It was that they had turned their back on God. For the promise of the Father is always effective so long as we are turned toward Him. As long as we are facing Him. As long as we are doing His will. We hear, we've heard in the last few weeks, especially like last week in the epistle from James, we heard abstain from the sins of the flesh. We hear all these Oh, almost at times it seems like the Bible is just a whole list of thou shalt nots. But it's not. It's not a book of thou shalt nots in the sense of this is my God saying this is my list of rules, and if you break them, I will punish you. When we're kids, it seems like that's how our parents are, isn't it? Well, they're just making these rules. They're no fun. Why do they have these rules? But that's not what it's about. When one of our parents' rules is, Thou shalt not put thy hand on the hot stove, that's not a rule that they're just making so that they can punish us if we break it. That's a rule designed to protect us. I was watching a movie earlier this week, and they were talking about the difference between suicide and self-destruction. Very few people, a small percentage of people, actually actively commit suicide, actually attempt to or do end their lives outright. But all of us, at some point or another, engage in self-destruction. All of us, at one point or another, engage in self-destructive behavior. We all do. And some of the examples they were giving in this movie were we drink, we do drugs, we, we sabotage our marriages, we, we sabotage relationships that we have with people, and we end up doing damage not only to ourselves through these self-destructive behavior, but to those around us, to those whom we love. Because, you know, God isn't the only one who makes promises. 
Satan makes promises too. Do this and you'll have a good time. Do this and it'll be fun. Do this and you'll enjoy yourself. But Satan's promises are always temporal. They're only good for a short time, if they're good at all, aren't they? And after that, they go away. And then we're faced with consequences, aren't they? God's promises are eternal. God's promises are always there for us. So when we hear these thou shalt nots, that's not a list of rules for which we'll be punished. That's the love of God telling us, don't do this. You'll just end up hurting yourselves. You'll just end up hurting each other. They're not the stern rules of a judge, a jury. They're the, they're the loving rules of a parent. So the promise of God for us that we may be endued with great power by the Holy Spirit, we may not see that's effective in our lives. But if we look at the nation of Israel, if we look at the people of God throughout the history, we see that it wasn't God who waited. It was us. So on this ascension, as the apostles now waited for the promise of the Father to be fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, we too now wait for the promise of the two men that Christ will come again. And let us remember in this time not to turn our faces away from God and let that promise be ineffective. But let us remember that if by turning toward God we allowed ourselves to be endued with great power. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. <laughs>